Welcome to Executives at the Edge, a podcast brought to you by MEF. I'm your host, Pascal Benazes. Join me as we explore thought-provoking perspectives from the leaders and changemakers who are propelling enterprise digital transformation forward. Today, we have an incredible luminary, JL Volante, Vice President, Product Management, Enterprise Routing, and SD-WAN at Cisco. JL, tell us about your background and your role at Cisco. Oh, um, hey, uh, good morning, Pascal, and thank you for having me here. Uh, so uh, I work for Cisco. Uh, I run uh, product management and uh, technical marketing uh, for enterprise writing and SD-WAN. I've been at Cisco for nine years. Uh, I spent a lot of years on the uh, service provider side of the business, uh, mobility, network management, um, you know, aspect, uh, and then evolve even open RAN and so on. For the past uh, three years, I moved, actually, I took uh, the knowledge and the expertise that I had primarily on the service provider side and the managed service provider side to um, move to the enterprise uh, networking. And uh, really, the one of the key uh, objectives that we have is really expand the, uh, the business and the success that we have with service providers, telcos, and IT-based uh, uh, managed service providers as well in, the, uh, in this whole digital transformations that really start with uh, networking. Um, and so, and as part of networking, it's really the, the WAN and that transformation of the WAN with security and then moving obviously to SASE, but I'm sure we'll discuss that. Yeah, yeah, isn't that incredible? The WAN is really transforming after decades and decades of not doing much. Uh, and certainly you have a huge history and uh, background experience. So even in service assurance, right? And uh, yeah, you're right, a, for Vista, we're in Paris yeah, right now and yeah. you're a native from uh, France or even Paris, I think. Yeah, absolutely. So I used to, uh, you know, obviously before, well, before Cisco and, and a few startups, I, uh, I used to work at uh, InfoVista based in the U.S. And uh, I really saw the... Very early, 2003, I think, uh, you know, that's when uh, I joined in 2004 early, but the uh, MEF uh, initial work on carrier Ethernet, yes. and we jumped on it. Um, and this has been actually, obviously, a great, uh, a great ride, great uh, differentiation for uh, InfoVista at the time in terms of uh, assurance. Uh, you know, all of the aspect of SLA, QoS uh, elements and so on, definition of uh, E-Line, E-LAN and, and all of the, the other services that were there. So we we're very pleased actually to participate in that. So there is a history here uh, that now obviously I want to carry forward and uh, rekindle some of the same, uh, you know, level of uh, success with uh, Cisco on SD-1 and SASE when it comes to MEF. Yeah, that's exactly really what MEF, MEF is now working on is uh, going up the stack and also on automation. So we'll cover more of this. But uh, tell us about, you know, today the IT faces greater distribution of applications and user, um, and they really, really need to connect applications and get the best user experience from where anywhere they work from and, you know, any device from they're using. And it, it's, it's, you know, it's probably very challenging in many organizations. So how is networking, particularly SD-WAN, evolved to address this kind of yeah. Initiative and multi-cloud and you know hybrid multi-cloud and working from anywhere and 
it, it's a really a very unique time right now. Absolutely, we are, um, you know, to reuse a very known expression, we're not in Kansas anymore <laughs> uh, when it comes That's to awesome. WAN uh, uh, and suddenly SD-WAN and even the early days of SD-WAN of uh, obviously being able to leverage, um, you know, uh, uh, in centralized management and intelligence to reduce cost, uh, you know, primarily, obviously, uh, OPEX people dedicated to uh, the uh, configuration policies and the life cycle management of uh, of the of the network, and being able actually to do um, you know modifications and you know add and and uh, and and delete uh, easily. Uh, with obviously some of the also cost saving on circuits, I mean, MPLS to internet, I mean, starting actually to see some, you know, diversity in terms of uh, circuits, et cetera. But over the past four years or five years, there's been obviously tremendous acceleration in, uh, um, you know, in the uh, digital uh, world uh, due to the pandemic, uh, obviously on the one end, and then uh, clearly, you know, the the, the flight to, to cloud also related to that, but uh, to, uh, cloud-based applications that are built in the cloud, uh, in the public cloud, or actually SaaS applications. You have many of our enterprise customers have hundreds of uh, you know SaaS applications running. Some very small, some very big, well known. The most uh, certainly the the largest one being Microsoft Office 365, certainly the most successful one in the world today. Uh, that has actually challenges. I'm sure if you use SharePoint or others, you know at times we. We have challenges in terms of uh, performance, in terms of uh, delay, when really have a number of key people working on it. So the, the whole uh, evolution of SD-WAN has been also as well as application experience optimization is how do you get to those applications performance in a secure manner. So the level of security, the posture of security is very important. So how do you bring that security into the context of uh, that, uh, that connectivity and, and networking? And then really the level of intelligence from an application uh, aware routing and, and other performance and blending telemetry, because as we know, the telemetry is no longer just the networking side, but also that application, the system that runs those applications, can you actually bring these two together to be able to make uh, more informed decisions on even what your routing should be and should what node even you should go to as opposed to having a path diversity to one node is, well, maybe that's not the right node is when it's too busy and I should take another one, it might be a bit longer, but at the end of the day, I'm gonna get a better uh, response time. So that adds actually then all of those elements have added, uh, you know, an extension of the fabric of uh, uh, SD-WAN to the cloud because you want to be able to extend that SD-WAN fabric in a very unified manner all the way to where the workloads are in the VPC or in the specific obviously, uh, um, you know, uh, uh, areas on any of the top, uh, you know, cloud providers, uh, Google, AWS, and uh, Microsoft Azure, um, and be able actually to define the policies. But that means the level of automation for the level of integration with those cloud, the level of abstraction, so that you don't have to do things differently from one cloud to the next, uh, and then the level of automation that you really need to be able to, you know, point and click to actually get those services uh, defined, um, you know, has to be very high, and so that has. The SD1 has really evolved from the early days in that area, in security, uh, whether it's actually uh, on the, on the device security or cloud-based security integration, number of players in the market, and then all of that has created also uh, based on new also capabilities or you know obviously internet uh, uh, internet transport and other areas, people have lost visibility as well 
in terms of overlay underlay, end to end, you're losing that visibility when obviously you use internet uh, internet circuits, and that's why we made the acquisition of uh, Thousand Eyes uh, two years ago to really provide that uh, back that end-to-end -end visibility that people need, that we need, even to make informed decisions. So adding that telemetry, both overlay, but also underlay, and that's very important for the service providers because at the end of the day, they also differentiate on the quality of their network. So, yeah, it makes, it makes totally sense, like AI ops, right? Um, so. You know, it was a very interesting Anne-Marie on her keynote, I think was the other day. She talked about, and that's Orange Business Service, right? She talked about the idea that the internet is the new WAN, but now using SD-WAN will make the internet more intelligent, more smarter, will make it look and feel like the performance of MPLS. And I think she even used that word. And I was like, wow, that's a big statement. And uh, I mean, I think SD-WAN has more than just performance and making the performance and, you know, and the applications work better, but it's also centralized policy, easier to deploy. So what did you think about that part of that statement? Uh, yeah, uh, yeah, absolutely. I think uh, where we, um, you know, we all uh, wrestling in, as we see larger and larger deployments, because even two or three years ago, you know, people were making choices on SD-WAN and deployment, but those were pretty, they were still, um, I would say, small to mid-sized type deployments today you we have and suddenly we all witness deployments of over 5000 7000 10000 sites we working on 15000 sites even 35000 wow, sites. So sites it is massive so imagine the level of that scale to your point how do you then managing at that scale requires even a different uh, Paradigm, different metaphor in terms of how do you create policy? Because otherwise, you have a you proliferate yeah, policies. policies and the yeah. conflict and uh, you know and the level of visibility that you need uh, is very different. So we had actually over the past two years to look at how we uh, you know bring those elements together in a in a different way to be able actually to uh, achieve a drastically simpler way of manage at that level of scale. Um, um, because you want actually you want to keep the level of people. Although you 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 know you're multiplying, obviously the the number of endpoints, uh, the number of uh, routes, and you know significantly is how actually do you optimize that and how is the system capable of coping with that in a near real time uh, manner. And uh, and to your point, one of the key areas is you know you talk about AI ops is okay. I I think uh, we've been for many, many years looking after some level of predictability, not, not just troubleshoot after the fact, yeah, but yeah. being able to anticipate some. We made a, uh, actually some announcement yesterday, I don't know if you saw it, no, from uh, directly from our CEO, from Chuck Robbins, really? about yeah, predictable internet. Some of the, it's, it's a big, uh, big word, but you know, elements of leveraging actually statistical models and and and, and really uh, ML uh, capabilities underneath. We've been working for many years, only three or four years, with one of the best actually. Uh, a guy actually he's French, uh, JP Vasseur, based in Grenoble, very well known in the industry, data scientist, yes. and with a whole team of people that he had to build actually a, a new set of capabilities that we're going to announce at Cisco Live in June. So wow. yeah, wow, very important. I'm looking yeah. forward to that. So look. Um, Incumbent service providers, uh, they need to capture their fair share of the SD-WAN and SAS, the managed service market. What, what's your thoughts on that? Absolutely, they need to up their game. Um, okay, you know, well, there in, we go. In the sense of, uh, we are going, it, it, to, to, the, to the point that you made earlier, transport is critical, definitely. 
but we are that's no longer that's no longer what they're what they're buying first it's it's really they're looking for outcomes they're looking for services yeah. and more and more because they're doing more and more cloud cloud applications cloud services they want to be able to consume network as a service the same way very dynamic being able to turn services you know on and off uh, be able to have you know on demand capabilities when they need them to be able to flex them um, and then obviously having you know consumption models that are more utility based as well and i think a number of i think all of the service providers see it uh, you know but uh, they do have a lot of uh, existing systems legacy uh, you know merger and acquisitions that make it uh, make it challenging but i think the, obviously first there is a big realization of that there's been a lot of work done um, but now it really you know how do you bring those services and 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 what is the definition of the service how do you bring those services to the customers that they can consume in that way in a much more marketplace type way like a utility model like right? a utility model yeah i mean that's like a really cloud a, model yeah really. i mean really in a day you know we buy electricity and sewage, we don't really know how it's all done, but we know the outcome and the experience, right? We know if the water is clean and tastes good and it's not toxic, then we're good. Yeah. And really at the end of the day, they want to buy a wide area network that just works to all the clouds and the destinations and wherever they want to go. And they're really, you know, maybe the tier top multinationals have that experience, but most people don't. So. Absolutely. And, yeah. and I think so they need to have more, and they're going there, more flexibility in the services, being able to have more granularity, the aspect of co-management. Some customers say, hey, you manage my infrastructure, but let me actually manage my policies. So how do you have clean separation of, uh, you know, responsibilities and control in terms of how you manage actually those yeah, very widespread environments, yeah. um, you know, and then obviously uh, uh, to the point is obviously uh, with uh, security coming in um, and most enterprises don't have 24 by 7. Uh, you know, security operation centers and uh, being able actually to identify, you know, or threats or yeah. apply those elements that happen actually at any time, yeah. anywhere in the world. That's where also there is a big opportunity to provide a number of those services. So it's really moving up. There are plenty of opportunities, but it's a different breed of people as well that they're going to need to be able to offer that. And, you know, the problem is you get a lot of false positives and you have then you just get streams of alarms and you don't know how they correlate. And exactly. so you definitely need AI ML engines to help you on that. But, and many people just don't have, I mean, we're such a shortage of skill in this area. But look, hey, in today's multi-cloud era, there, you know, our digital services are delivered across multiple service networks. Where do you see as the pyramid of necessities for customers to enable reliable connectivity and application performance over networks in which many cases they don't directly control? Yeah, so again, it goes back to, um, you know, the level of uh, policies that you can define. So it starts with, hey, uh, you, need, you need diversity, path diversity, um, you know, obviously to be able actually to, um, to have choices in terms of, you know, the, the, the traffic steering that you do. So path diversity, traffic steering elements, and the intelligence that you have from an application aware, routing, classify, yeah. exactly. I mean, all of this, everything is DPI, all of those yeah, elements DPI, here. Yeah. Uh, what you can recognize, but also people have their own applications they're building, I mean, yeah. every single day. Yeah. So user app definitions, how do you actually uh, also uh, clearly 
get telemetry on all of those elements. So all of this is actually what we're building. We're building in the endpoints, et cetera, to be able actually to, uh, you know, to have all of, uh, to embark all of those elements into the, then you have end-to-end -end visibility, not only overlay, but underlay and end-to-end -end, uh, so that you can actually, um, you know, bring those elements, not only in terms of uh, visibility and dashboard per site, per app, uh, you know, things that we've we've seen in the past, uh, now maybe in, in space with top talkers and so on, but you need to go way beyond that in terms of obviously being able to realize the level of, uh, you know, performance at a specific site. You know, you have problems with uh, web conferencing, for example, you know, what do we do, do today a lot? Uh, well, I'm going to say WebEx first because we're Cisco, but people do Zoom, people do Microsoft um, Teams. Teams, exactly. So. And, and you know that when it doesn't work very well, how, right, how painful yeah. it is. I mean, no, you can't even do the work. <laughs> so, uh, so, you know, all of those elements, and I'm just taking this one, but I mentioned, you know, SharePoint and, and many other applications as well. You, you need, I mean, applications actually are the core of the business. They run, they are the business. Uh, that's what, uh, you know, uh, uh, digital services are about. And so you really need to make sure that, uh, you know, you get, you, you get the right level of capabilities at the core, the right visibility. And then I think where it's all back to AI ops, you know, a closed loop would be, you know, fantastic. I mean, yeah. it's going to take years. People don't want to trust the system, you know, the, the yeah. trust. We, we talk about yeah. trust over the past few days. And, you know, they, before you, you trust, they want to be able to compare. They want to make sure that, hey, the recommendation that you're making is really valid, is good. Let me actually implement it. But I think over time it will be automated. Right? There is no uh, other way around it. There's no doubt about that. Yeah. It's interesting that you're taking endpoint telemetry because a lot of, you know, sometimes people do, you know, traffic steering just on, Synthetic transactions, yeah. right? Uh, they or they do HTTP pings or something, and mm -hmm. based upon that, they make their decision. It's kind of like a very uh, novice way of doing traffic steering. But you're actually taking a rich set of telemetry data from various endpoints and probably doing some transactions, Flow. and then analyzing all of that and making decisions on for that application and its performance and the uh, source level Absolutely. guarantees that you're giving promising it, yes. um, you have to kind of then see how you're going to adhere to it. So very much more complicated traffic steering algorithms than just a ping, you know, kind of model. Yeah, there's uh, a lot of work that we're doing in this area and also working with, you know, some of the top players. I was mentioning Microsoft, uh, you know, we have a level of, uh, uh, you know, partnership with Microsoft, even the, the the level of telemetry we get per application, so SharePoint versus um, versus Team, um, you know, versus other applications oh, as well. Telemetry, yeah. Yes, we we are actually uh, sharing. So we provide them network telemetry, and they provide us actually application oh, system telemetry. Wow, that's incredible. So uh, that's a, we that's, uh, that's, that's really, the, the, the that's level of partnership great, we have. That's a great uh, idea. Yeah. So you know, one thing you did talk about traffic steering was critical, but what happens to the user at home that has one single link? You know, then you can't traffic steer. So now it's all about prioritization of, you know, the Netflix or the gaming traffic at home, but, and then making sure you get on that link. But if it's a broadband link, you don't always have a guarantee on any kind of delays or jitters. So like what happens in the home user or scenario with a single link? What's so, well, what we are, so there are, okay. So one of the things that uh, we are bringing to market uh, is what we call software-defined remote access. In fact, uh, uh, it's uh, agentless uh, or uh, agent-based depends. It can be, a, you know, it works with any uh, any uh, VPN, um, you know, client, uh, any connect, or, but without it as well. Uh, or you can have actually a home 
a home router, a home appliance. Yeah, that's uh, actually so very, a, yeah. a small one, look yeah. very much like a consumer yeah. device yeah. that has actually a, a Wi-Fi 6, yeah. that has an LTE or yeah. 5G. Yeah, I want one of those. And, and um, <laughs> yeah, well, then uh, we should actually put you on the list because we are actually right now doing tests with some uh, Oh, wow, people. I love Yeah, to, absolutely. I've got all this uh, gear in my house. Absolutely. But yeah, no, so and, okay, yeah, and so and so the, the the technology what what the technology does it finds from the home user the closest branch as a on ramp to the SD WAN. So let's say like me, I live in Palo Alto. Uh, you know the the campus is in San Jose. Uh, there are obviously plenty of uh, you know waters or uh, you know of our systems there. And what we do is uh, so we we find obviously the the closest the closest branch, and from that it will be the the uh, on-ramp to the SD1 piece. So we create actually a secure link and then we actually, uh, yeah, all so of the capabilities, all of the the performance, all of the policies, all of the security postures are, will apply from that standpoint on. And so that's actually a pretty good uh, pretty good piece. But yes, we don't solve the the last uh, mile. Well, the last part, you can't, no yeah. one really can. Yeah. There's no quality of service on that. But uh, you do do traffic prioritizations on over the home traffic and all that stuff, I'm sure. Exactly. Yeah. We even bring in those, like if you have these devices that I was mentioning uh, earlier, you bring your corporate Wi-Fi yeah. into the, into the, the home. The SSID so will be SSID, coming SSID, exactly. Yeah. So you have a yeah. separation of that, home yeah. and obviously, uh, you know, a business uh, uh, business uh, yeah, and I don't know if you, I mean you have the Cisco Wi-Fi so wireless multimedia was really big that you can set you know the the um, in the airtime fairness you know you'll get if you want voice but it's it was really hard to set up but anyways uh, that's another topic but hey how do you think service standardization effort can help network service providers and their customers uh, well as we, as we discussed over the past few days in in, in a big way um, I, I think first is you know, there is, uh, they need actually, as you know, I said, up, upping the game earlier, but there is a big opportunity to regain some of the do-it-yourselfers that I've gone out say, okay, I'm going to do it myself because it's too slow, it's too complicated. I'm going to try actually really to manage my, uh, you know, network, my own, you know, um, uh, potentially uh, even transport uh, on, on my own, those large organizations, but there are plenty out there. Uh, I, I think uh, for that, they need to come first, they need to come together. Really, that's where actually those standardization came in terms of, okay, what are the, what are the services that we can offer, and what is the what is the the definition of the service? Because at the end of the day, the whole purpose is, um, you know, the market. Th there is confusion in the market. SD WAN, SASE. Yeah. What is the definition? What what is, what's in it? What's not in it? What kind of service do I get? How can I compare and contrast one service from someone? To the you know from one vendor to the next etc. Uh, and then you know obviously um, it, it can't be only one vendor. They have multiple. They have an ecosystem. So you need actually to normalize some of those uh, services, standardize the definition, the APIs, their attributes, their characteristics, etc. Because that will accelerate actually market. market yeah, yeah you, people will less confusion. Therefore less slow down, people will feel comfortable. But if you look at anything that is really of, of, of massive scale, it is standardized. standardized. A, that's the only you way it works. From our TVs or Bluetooth. Exactly. Like, we know it interrupts, it works, we trust it. You don't have to think about Fragmentation it. is and different, you know, yeah. and, you, and, and that's not where you differentiate anyway. The differentiation yeah. is, is on how, it, it's not really on, at least on the what. It, it may be on the what for a year, but then 
catch up. The things that were very unique two years ago are table stake today. So it goes too fast. So really, you really want to work on, uh, you want to leverage some of those elements so that at least you present to the world a kind of a unified way that people understand they, that's what they expect. Um, and uh, so that you can you can play along, otherwise it's not there. And I think uh, the, the service providers, by coming together, have an opportunity actually to, the, to set, first to set even the, 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 the rules, to set the, the, the standards that don't exist. There's no standard whatsoever today. It's uh, vendors. Versions, but well, yeah. actually MEF has released our version two standard, but what we have done, I think, is created a common vocabulary sleaze yeah. and a common foundation for everybody to stand on. And now, you know, our goal is to allow every vendor to differentiate themselves on top of that. And I think that's what you're saying. You know, just some common baseline that everybody can stand upon, which mixed and removes the confusion. So when, you know, even customers want to talk about SDBAM, they can call it, you know, well, do you have this and that, you know, like overlays, underlays, and have the definitions and labels and constructs and labels. Uh, vocabulary. So just standard vocabulary even helps because if you're saying, well, that thing over there and that over there, and they're not, you know, the two provide two vendors are saying it in different ways and labels. It's very confusing. Yeah, and uh, exactly. And there is obviously the what's facing to the to the market, to the cost to the customers, the end customers. But then that's all of the back office as well, which yeah. is based on a collection, a large collection of systems yeah. that they have, you know, across the board. How do those systems actually even? you know, work together, how do they interoperate? Uh, and if you don't have actually standards, well, you end up actually having those stovepipe, very, uh, you know, uh, fixed, very, uh, very tight system, tightly coupled, and then they, and then they, and they break, and they get legacy very quickly, and, you know, you, you, get, uh, you get where you were in the, in the 90s, in, in, the, in the 2000, you're not going to be able to move forward so 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 rapidly. So I think all and, of those elements are key. And really, the market is really huge and massive. Because you think about it, SDN came from the DIYs, from the multinational, the guys, the network savvy guys. They kind of worked with you as you invented all of this and kind of deployed it. And then all of the source fires said, "Okay, well, this is a new transformation of WAN." But that is a whole downstream market of the SMBs yes. that don't want to even want to think about. It. They just want to know I can get to my clouds and my stuff. And it's all intelligent WAN, you know? It's like kind of intelligent, it's not just the internet, it's an intelligent internet, secures me, it works right. But they don't understand all the details, they just understand the benefits and the behavior and the outcomes, right? So, exactly. So yeah, so I think there's a massive opportunity ahead still for this kind of an intelligent WAN, underlays, overlays, cybersecurity package, and we'll talk about that. But anyways, Cisco and a few other SD-WAN vendors have invested in MEF certification um, and for SD-WAN, and for Cisco, what were the main drivers for the company to participate and contribute to MEF? I'd love to hear their thoughts. Yeah, I, so, uh, you know, based on the, the, the prior question, I think uh, the service providers really need to step up uh, working with MEF to be able to not only define better, you know, the, the characteristics and the terminology and then the characteristics yeah. and definition of the services, uh, but then also work with the, obviously, their technology partners. Yes. There are a lot uh, out there, whether it's OSS, BSS, whether it's SD1 vendors and controllers, whether it's some of the devices, et cetera, service assurance. I mean, there is a plethora of, uh, obviously, vendors out there. How do you create, you know, an environment that is where, where people can really exchange based on normalized interfaces, et cetera, mm -hmm. and leverage and not reinvent the wheel? Because the, the value is not in the, the, the APIs have a lot of value, but if they are common, 
or you can reuse, you can put your energy into create the, the creation, the differentiation, the yeah, services, exactly. etc. And so I think for Cisco to join to join in is really first to say, hey, we believe that the market the, the market it's so complex out there. The the, the level of complexity, the level the, the the speed at which technology get to customers. Many of our customers are at least more than a year behind where we are in terms of you know delivery capability delivering mm -hmm. capabilities. We're delivering hundreds of features uh, a year, like over 300, like we have three releases at Cisco, three releases a year, 150 releases per release, more or less. So imagine 500 features coming every year. They can, and, and they don't, that's not, they're not in the business of recycling and upgrading yeah. their stuff all the time. But, and that's where also the as a service comes in, you know, the people. But they need actually partners to be able to do that. They need partners to, to bring also the disciplines, new disciplines coming in, et cetera, to uh, you know, fence attacks and uh, get uh, better, uh, you know, um, obviously better support from the transport. Add 5G. Look at you know, new technologies coming out. Uh, leverage some of the elements there. So, for all of that, you know, really you need to um, you need to work with service providers because the managed service business should be, or for this, should be 70, 80, 90 percent of the market. That's true. But you're not, you know, uh, who's in the networking? I mean. If you're running a car company, I mean, a, a, an auto manufacturer, are you in the business of networking? You're oh, not. Wow. So, you know, do you need to own that? Well, maybe some say, hey, it's too important. We need to own it. But if you had the right partner, it's, it's a matter of trust. I mean, can I really trust someone to really do a great job globally uh, based on... <laughs> You know the type of business, the plants, the headquarters, the the, the maybe the dealership that we have, et cetera, et cetera, networking. So the networks that they have, et cetera. So I think all of those elements create actually for service providers a tremendous opportunity to regain. Um, you know, obviously some of their uh, uh, some of their glory in a number of areas because they've been a bit uh, you know. Uh, a bit is a mild word, uh, challenged by the hyperscalers and others that are coming into the market as well, that are offering more uh, leveraging their backbone. They build great networks as well. Now, not for the same purpose initially, but today they propose, you know, site to site and, you know, site to cloud and, and other, but in their environment. So there's still an opportunity because they don't do uh, last mile. They don't, have, they don't have all of those maybe uh, middle mile capabilities, et cetera. They're not regulated most of the time. So there is a lot that uh, the service providers can do in countries and globally for the ones that have actually global footprint for their multinational companies. And I think for us is to say, we believe that the more successful the service providers are, the more successful we are. Because that's always been traditionally Cisco has been always very uh, you know very close to the uh, to the telco uh, industry. Of we course. continue to be, and uh, we want them to succeed. We want them actually to get their fair share, and for that we need to help them. So that's MEF great. is a great way to contribute to um, you know uh, to a set of uh, uh, efforts and activities that benefit the entire industry and benefit the telco operators as well. Yeah, yeah, well said, and I think the CSPs are really well positioned because uh, they get a lot of trust for all these decades to the enterprises. And like you said, you know, even the hyperscalers have to use a channel of some sort, and CSPs have a tremendous ability to scale and and support and integrate all the various you know solutions offering one big package as they're doing underlays, overlays, edge, cybersecurity, and I think that's very critical. I think. You know, it's kind of very important because if you just try to buy it directly from the vendor or you know a hyperscaler, there still needs a whole support and all that, and that's not hard to get right now. So, 
Um, but hey, look, thank you for your time, JL. It's been a pleasure to be um, talking on this episode. Uh, really great insights, and I really thank you for your time. All right, thank you. It was my pleasure.